Hey everybody, this is Kim Blackwell and Louis Extravaganza and this is Work, Work, the podcast. Voices for the voices that go unheard. So on the podcast today, Kenna Ramsey. And she is amazing, let me tell you. This singer, actress, talks to us about her amazing journey from learning jazz from her father as a child to singing Italian arias in high school to the moment when all that changed. Kenna has sung with a full spectrum of artists from Wayne Brady and Joey Fatone to musical greats like David Foster and John Mayer. Her career spans almost every musical genre, and her love for musical theater has even taken her to the bright lights of Broadway. At the center of this fabulous adventure is a woman whose story is filled with courage, determination, and perseverance. And at her center is a beautiful vocalist and an amazing singer so we're gonna get right to it take it away kim when did you first know that you could sing because i knew with a quickness that i could not pretty early on right. in life self-realization or other people oh, telling you you couldn't from sing? self really it was like this is not gonna be your right. path really right well my dad is an avid jazz enthusiast he knows jazz he knows who's playing every instrument on the track he went and saw them live, sometimes with my mom, sometimes with his buddies. And just as an aficionado, he didn't he, play No, music. he didn't. He will tell you that he was on the corner singing with a doo-wop group. There are okay. stories about that. But So um, he does sing? He does. But, I mean, I didn't grow up listening to my parents singing, right. actually. Nobody was really like, nobody was like, come over here and harmonize, you know? Right. But dad was listening to instrumental jazz he was listening to um you know he was schooling me on everybody but he really was like the ella fitzgeralds and the and the billy holidays and the sarah vons came kind of later okay but i grew up listening to like people playing organ and i used to sing with it and i guess what they say is if you if you're not if you don't have relative pitch or if you don't have um an ear basically for music and you you know you you can be tone deaf if you're if you're if you don't really aren't introduced to relative pitches and have some kind of connection with music and your instrument you you most likely will not be singing after like four years old Interesting. I, don't quote me on that but wow basically i was I was already harmonizing with things when I was like three. I have a a tape, a video. That's uh, no, not video. It's a tape of me singing with Jimmy Smith. Oh my god! And I was barely speaking English. I was just like, "If you have more time, you <laughs> may have it well, Marty." I was just, just right, just sounds and a little bit of words because I could barely really speak English yet. I was still speaking baby. Um, I mean, I started out with the mic inside my mouth and my dad was like, hey, you know better than that. Like he could, he, you could hear him telling me how to hold it. Wow. And then he put the music on and I made a melody to that song. And that's just how I, I that's just how I did it. That's just how I learned to sing. And then 
they brought Pearly, the musical record, into the house, and that was it. And then all I wanted to do was sing Pearly. Then this is from the Broadway yes show. and okay. sherman hemsley came over and things he like i don't know how Wait, sherman hemsley came to your house yes i don't know why um i don't know how my mom my mom is a dancer oh she grew up in dance and taught dance and okay. i those pictures are from when my mom oh my God. was wow. from her dance studio. I mean, when did you recognize or other people recognize like, oh, wait a minute. Cause you know, kids right. Right. with the hairbrush and they're doing the thing, but you right. know, they're, those kids are, you're like, oh wait, oh, oh, wait a minute. Yes. I used to play around and it was like, I feel like I was in elementary school and I used to like, my white friends would be like, sing like the big black lady. And I'd be like, oh, wow. No. Uh, you know, I used, to, I used to play that way. Right. <laughs> and I thought it was hilarious, but they were like, that is a thing. Like, right. you're about to be like, give me a break. You know? Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. And that was the other thing. They were like, and sing, you know, this TV, because you know that's when TV songs were. Oh yeah, the theme songs. The theme songs were the oh, bomb. The bomb. You know, yeah. and I, you know, uh, a la man la. is born. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, you're taking me back. I live yes. for yes. you right now, can I? So I'm living for you right now. Different I can't. strokes it takes. Right. Different strokes takes. Different yeah. strokes around the world. Right. So I was like, I'm. I would hone it to be like, this is gonna be my Dolly Parton voice you know i actually would do impressions <laughs> right and i was working on you know stumble out of bed and stumble to the kitchen have a couple of vision and yawn and stretch and try to come to life oh you know? and I, I mean i was practicing amazing <laughs> black butterflies yes. try all kinds i was bullshitting but i was actually developing yes. like and these kids are falling out skills, right right yes. and you're and getting then, a little of that feedback which is like oh right and i didn't really start singing until i was in high school so i was like four you never did like church choir did you got you weren't like no why because and- joyce is episcopalian <laughs> ah say no more <laughs> Say no more. Yes, we were not. My mom. So, let me get this straight. My mom was Joyce that mom was like, dance, we don't catch the spirit in this family. And you ain't family. in the Baptist choir. You better keep your dress down. Living. And if I catch for your you mom. falling out on the floor, we're gonna have a problem. Oh, okay. Because no. that dress is new, and I yes, just you better not fall out. Yeah. So there will be no falling. Exactly. Out. We don't catch the spirit so far as we lose control. Hallelujah. Right. That is so yes. Like, your press and curl just got did and yeah, no. you ain't, you know what I mean? No. Sweat them edges out. You yes. sing so a hymn. My church had like three notes and it was like, yes. you know, holy, holy, right. holy Lord, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Yeah, that was, right. that's how we got down. St. Aidan's. <laughs> yes. Right. And um, yeah, my mom didn't sing in the choir, but she liked to sing around the house and she was always like a hootie who's soprano. Right. Like my Aunt Betty, who went to a black church. And, you know, dad grew up with black church. So I did go to black church, but it's usually for somebody's wedding or an event yes. because we in Virginia, where we were, we were Episcopal. So Episcopalian. Right. 
we I joined a choir and that was with Mrs. Hopkins and she passed me she rest in peace I had to go from I had to walk from my junior high school to go to my high school and have an audition because I felt like I was good enough to audition the whole choir from my junior high had gone to the audition but I wasn't in the choir okay so I took myself and I I went and told her I should be in this choir that you have to audition for. And so I don't really remember. The high school choir. Yes. Yes. For high school when I was in the eighth grade. And I did. And I got into that choir and that was pretty much all she wrote. I was just singing from that point. I... I didn't, I felt like I could sing, but I felt like, doesn't everybody do this that sings? You know what I mean? Right. And then when you're in high school, you kind of notice people are in choir, they have some musical ability, but they're not like necessarily blowing. So you know when you're around that. And what we were doing is classically, mostly classical voice. And I started getting some voice lessons and I was pretty much learning classical voice because and nobody around me was a soul singer. Like nobody was really doing that in high school. So, so are you singing like standards? What are you, I was, I was singing the Italian hits. Like I had a book that pretty much anybody that stutters, uh, that studies classical music has, it's called like 40 chansons or something. It's like Italian. Okay. And I was, I was singing and learning arias not necessarily for performance, but for the agility and for, you know, getting those muscles going and all that stuff. Are you learning how to read music as well? No. No. That okay. became a problem later that I wasn't learning music okay. at the time. Um, because I feel like what was happening is I had a natural gift that teachers were excited about. Yes. So no one was focusing on, was I learning any music theory? Okay. What was I, did I know that that note with the circle meant it's a whole note or, right. or a half note? Nobody was really paying attention to that. They were just teaching me songs. Yes. And so, um, it was very, um, it was like a very, felt like a success only journey at that point because everybody was giving me all this encouragement and I was doing local competitions again singing arias not doing anything else really and um, I ended up doing all regional all state honors choir I think people have those right do you yeah, yeah. Absolutely. everywhere Absolutely. Yep. so in Virginia that's what I was I was just going as far as I could as far as singing was concerned I was and singing and swimming singing and swimming like in the choir and what was that are you singing solos I did sing yeah. solos. I um yeah, I I got an award once for the solo of the year. It was Latin solo. We were doing like Schubert's Mass in G or something and I was like you know what I mean? Right. And I remember it was at Bush Gardens and I won that thing but I was on a roller coaster when they were like Kenna Ramsey. <laughs> Kenna Ramsey and you know I was like on a roller coaster somewhere in a whole other part of the park. Right. So, so did you think that you were going to be an opera singer? That was just where it was taking me. Right. You know what That's I mean? That's where it was. That was just where, like it where it was, was going. Leading. So yeah. I did end up going to James Madison University and majoring in voice. And I, you know, I went and auditioned and I sang all my classic hits and everything and I got in. And, um, and so, you know, I was... I was 
okay with it, really. I was I was overwhelmed that year because I was thrown into theory and thrown into piano, and I was not prepared for it. And it really was hard. I cried a lot my freshman year. It was a really hard year. It was it was awful actually. <laughs> and I got to this point where I was just. I was so frustrated with the speed with which I was supposed to be doing things and I just couldn't keep up. I could not keep up because I was really starting from every good boy does fine on the piano and people were so much more advanced than I was. Right. I really had never touched a piano before. Um, and so what was weird is I wasn't, I was placing in competitions and things and people were like, professors were like, well, who is this kind of person? And they didn't know who I was because I couldn't get into any of these choirs because I couldn't read and they were con concerned that I wouldn't be able to keep up. Right. And it just made me feel shitty. <laughs> now, when did that all change? When did that all change? When Whitney Houston you? came out. Really? Yeah. And That's then awesome. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to sing in all these other languages. I want to sing in English. And I like that. Right. And. Was this in college? Tina Marie. Yes. Right. And I was like, I don't. I, I figured out that I, I found it boring probably because I felt so frustrated by the process of learning right. that music. Right. Um, uh, although I was good at it once I learned it, it was like the the process would just drain me uh, because it I just felt so beat down by it. Whereas I'm listening to Whitney Houston sing Home and I'm going, yeah, yes, <laughs> that's what I want to do. That's it. Yes. There it is right and there. And there was a show choir down the hallway from my, my professor, my voice teacher's um, studio. And I was like, When's the audition for that? And then I just wanted to get out of school. That's wow. really, once I started doing that, I was like, I'm, I'm all about a musical theater. I just felt like this is what I want to be doing. And we all went to New York. Um, we all took a road trip from Virginia to New York to audition for Disney World. And me and Tim Smith got a call back. And Disney hired me for a, a show at Disney World, which was a big deal. That was our Broadway at the time. Right. Yeah, I mean. What was the, what was the show? It was called Broadway at the Top. So it was like a review? Yes, it was okay. a review. Right. Oh. Yes, I felt a really isolated because there was no black people in Orlando. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah, right. That was my was Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> so, but were there well, other especially, black people especially in the show? at the time, right? Right, yeah. yes. I think at, the time, yeah, Orlando. at the time, it was well, very Orlando's much like. Orlando's very Latin. Yeah, right. Now. Well, okay. at the time, it was like either you were in the Orlando Magic or you were blue collar and I didn't see you. You know what right. I mean? So, right. I, I was in a show where the youngest person next to me, I, I feel like I was like 22. The next person was 32. Wow. And the, yeah. you know your so, maturity exactly. between yeah. 22 and 32. That's and that huge. was the youngest. You know, my leads were like 40 years old. Folks had houses. Folks were married. I was like, what is this? Yeah. I'm with wow. all these old geriatric, you know what I mean? Right couldn't dance. I was a hot mess. Didn't know how to perform a song, but I was like, 
I don't want to be around all these old motherfuckers. No, they, don't, they don't understand me. And I'm like, you know? if I'm in Orlando, where right. am I going? Where am I go? And I was feeling extra black at the time. Yeah, yes. I live for you. <laughs> I was feeling so, blackety black, black. So I was also like, you know, you don't have no black people up in here. And this is right. <laughs> yes, exactly. So you're in this review. Do you get, are you signing a contract with Disney like for a certain yes. amount of time yes okay. um yeah it was really it was gr- I mean it was a corporate job with singing you know okay. what I mean right. so it was like I had to go to the Disney University I had to and that was like a week of you learning about Disney stuff corporate Disney stuff stuff that really didn't apply to my job yeah but but it is what everyone must do while I was at that show somebody goes well my friend is casting for ships if you want to go do that and I was like let let me where's the phone number right right and I ended up auditioning for a ship called the dream word they were doing dream girls on the dream word so I went out there and that's um, I did that contract for a year, which was awesome. Miss Ross came and christened the ship. No. Yes, she did. Miss Diana came and christened that ship. She broke the champagne bottle and everything. Wow. And the ship was being built in France. And, you know, we stopped in England. I'd never been to London. We ran around and got into trouble in London. And we hung out and I mean, it was really a great bonding thing because it was a lot of our first jobs kind of out of the country and away from everything. So, you know, I still, I have really great memories of that. And I was on that ship when I met my husband. Wow. I met him in Bermuda. We were doing New York Bermuda runs and I met him there, but um, you know, I also knew I had to get off this ship. I'm not right. doing yeah, that. Yeah, it's a long time to be doing what so a year Girl, doing the same show. Yeah, being on a ship and all of that. I feel like a year flies by, no? I didn't feel like it flew by. It was just I was getting antsy because again, I was in an environment where there were people that were like, Well, what's your next ship? And I was like, right. see now that's life first. Like, like well, yeah, no, I'm like, so no. like this is not what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Right. I thought as I move up, I did a ship. Now I'm going to just shoot for Broadway and eventually I'll be on Broadway and I'm just going to be on Broadway. You Are know what you mean? still thinking like that's really what your path is? You want At to do musical point, theater? At this point, I'm thinking, yes. I'm thinking uh, this is just a step, a teaching tool to get me to the right. next thing. And so I was like, well, of course I'm going to be on Broadway. Of course that's what I'm going to do. Yes. And then that will be the end. You know what I mean? That's when I'll be like, I made it. And then I'll just, I don't know, live in New York and just be on Broadway show after show after show for the rest of my life. That's right. what I thought was yes. going to happen. And Did that happen? <laughs> that is not what happened. No. So that, is not what, that is not what happened. Do you go to New York? I went to New York um, because we used to stop there for the ship. We used to get new passengers in New York. So I was only there on Saturdays. Okay. So I would only go to, be able to go to things that were happening on Saturdays. So that would be In terms like, of auditions? Yeah. Oh, right. Which would be like, you know... Not a lot. Yeah, and it would, <laughs> it would be some kind of cool stuff. It would be like some random girl group would need to replace a singer. You know, right. like Jade needs a new singer kind of audition. Which was really fun, but I was like, I can't come back tomorrow or the next day because I'm going to be at sea. You know what right. I mean? Right. So 
I just looked at it again as opportunities to to sing. I was just always just trying to seize an opportunity to sing, to learn some new music, to stand up and perform it. You know, those were the things I was working towards. Right. But when I was on the one of the choreographers for the ship, one of the ship shows, Wayne Salento, who is a Tony Award winning a choreographer now, we met him there. He was like, you know, I'm going to be um, on the team for the Who's Tommy for the Broadway show. That's and awesome. the, you know, um, when I got off the ship, I, I hit up Wayne because it was a huge hit on the Broadway. Right. right. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that. He goes, you should audition. You should come up here and audition. And I was like, I'm down. You know, I was doing Bride of Frankenstein at Universal Studios. What? So that's just a side note. What does that entail? With Wayne Brady. Shut up. And Joey Vitone. <laughs> what? Universal Studios where? In, in Bride of Frankenstein. Yes, I was doing the, What kind of yes. show is that? What are you saying? I know, I'm all over the are place. Are these like original songs for the show? No, like, it's like, oh, Frankie, what you done to me? You know, I'm in love with Frankenstein <laughs> Gotcha. He's like, when a man loves a woman, and it's Beetlejuice. It was a Beetlejuice show. Okay. Right. So I was doing that. Wayne Brady was doing it. Wow. Joey Fatone was like, I'm singing with this new group. We're called In Sync. It wasn't really popping yet. Right. You're like, they had hooked up with that guy, with the producer, and Yeah. yeah, and we were supporting Joey. Like we were, we were all just there in that trailer. Get doing five shows a day outside, you know, doing that in the heat in Florida. And, you know, and so I was doing that and I was singing at a bar and I was, that's what I was doing back and forth after this ship. And I called Wayne. He said, come up. So I borrowed money from my mom and dad. I flew up to New York and I went to an audition and I booked that job. I don't know how, but I was the first national tour acid queen wow yes yeah, so cheryl freeman was who i was learning how to do the thing from Ooh. right yeah it's major so yeah it was major and i all of a sudden now i'm making a ton of money i don't have no bills i ain't got no kids <laughs> i ain't got no husband i'm you know what i mean i yes. was living i'm a singer honey yes. I'm a and singer. i was like i only had that one song it was so crazy because i was i was saying to the director to Des, i was like i i can do i can sing off stage he was like kenna you're <laughs> under a contract like there's white and pink equity contracts and your contract says you are a principal you may be in your dressing room and then you may come down here and sing your song and then you can do what you want but you you are not i'm not miked i'm not uh, off stage singing none of that <laughs> right so it was a very a lonely job yeah it was cool it was glamorous it was harsh when they were like well that kenna ramsey is no tina turner oh no. and you know like that's reviews oh reviews. yeah that's oh, where yeah, i learned yeah, about yeah reviews yeah I, I learned that if you're gonna put a lot of of weight and value into the good ones you have to do it for the bad ones right. as well yeah. so how about this kenna mind your business 
Mm. Mind your business. Do your job as best as you can and let those people say what they're going to say. Right. Because I just stopped reading them. I didn't need to go to bed and go, <laughs> yep. You know, because I'm so sensitive to this day. But right. really then. He it doesn't was, like me. Right. And I was like, Wayne, somebody said. And they're like, what are you reading reviews? No, I told you to stand on four and sing that line. And that's what you do. You yeah, know absolutely. what I mean? Because then you got to come back the next night and be able to do it. Exactly. You don't want all that in your head. Right. So, so how long is the the tour? That, that tour went on for about a year and a half. I ended up back here in LA. It's a long time. This is when I first came to LA, and okay, um, we were at the Universal Amphitheater, and right, um, I was getting notes backstage, and it was like, you know, do you have an agent? Are you represented? It was a casting person that wanted wow. me to talk to them. All this and that was going on. Okay, and so. Are um, you planning to stay here at that point? Nope. I no, just didn't just know what here. to do. I was like, right. hey, is somebody going to put me in a movie or whatever? Yeah. So let's do it. Yeah, let's, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I um, I contacted Hughes Moss was um, the agency that hired me for that job. And I will always be in love with all of them. Barry Moss. But um, he introduced me to David Giella, who was casting for Ruben Cannon and Associates, right? Yep. If you know who that is. And he was an agent at that point. And he was like, well, if you want, I know all these people. Basically, he um, became that in-between person for me, sort of as a manager to help me meet casting, to give me some etiquette at what to do in a meeting. I didn't know. Yeah, because you're just you know? like really green. Yes, yeah, super scene. green. Yeah. Super green. Right. I mean, I was like walking into auditions and being like, oh my God, Nia Long, you don't understand, girl. I love <laughs> you. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's like, I'm trying to... I saw she's everything you guys. She's, she's trying like, to prepare. Right now. And we're reading for the same thing. <laughs> right. And I'm in this doll's face. And God bless her. She was so nice. She was so nice. It was so funny because it was a singing role, you know. Does she sing? I don't think so. Okay. So I got in there and I was like, (laughs) you know, and I walked out and everybody was kind of silent. Because, right. you know, it was just beyond the door. Yeah. So the whole room is full of these black dresses that are like, you know. I love it. You know, that I are probably, you not know. Not going to get the role. But they're probably people that we all know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, right now. Right. Probably. Vivica Fox was probably in there. Oh, you know, because yeah. we were oh. all around at that time. Robin Gibbons, so. Jada, all, yeah, the all crew, of them. The whole so crew. we yeah. were all in there. Yeah. And I was like, sang my last note. <laughs> And I was like, bye, it's so nice meeting you. And I came out and I was like, my God, girl, wouldn't it be great if we got this? I didn't know Nia was like, bitch, I have been doing this since I was a teenager and I'm going to need you to. But she never did. They never did. And I was like, okay, I have another audition to go to. So I'm out, you know, but I love how you were like, I'm fanning out at Pollyanna about this whole thing. And they're like. Like, hey, girl. Uh, please get out of my face. Oh, God. I mean, I just, I was so, I just was green. I was just green and I right. was excited about everything. Um, my first movie was with Tom Hanks and I didn't get it. And I couldn't believe I didn't get it. I was like, how do you have three singing roles and I didn't get any This was your first audition was with Tom? No. This was my, when I booked a movie. Oh, okay. But it was when I was in that audition circuit. Right. And I didn't get that job. 
I did not get that job. And I couldn't believe it because I was like, that is my job. And I was so sad about it. And I was like, all right, this is LA. This is what I'm just getting. I'm just getting my ass kicked. And two months later, I'm getting dressed for a One Life to Live audition. And I'm excited because I've made friends with Renee Goldsberry. And me and Renee were like, once again, auditioning for the same role (laughs) and making friends because she's just as green as me. Right. (laughs) And what I loved about Renee is we were alike. You know what I mean? She was like me. I recognize myself in her. Right. And that is when we became friends because we met at One Life to Live auditions. We went to New York also to test. But on this day, I was going back for like my third callback or whatever for this role. And my agent calls and says, Tom Hanks wants to meet you downtown. And I go, but I have one life to live. So I don't know what you guys are going to do. And she goes, Kenna, did you hear what I said? Okay. <laughs> you better you get. <laughs> yeah. She was like, I'll handle one life to live. What you need to do okay. is put these proper clothes on and go on down and meet Tom Hanks. Because that's what I said. I said, Tom Hanks. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, of course. Right, right, right. Tom Hanks, right. <laughs> yeah. Not Robbie Hanks. No, not <laughs> like, Tom Hanks. not like, you know, <laughs> random. Right. You know. And then I went down there and I met him and, and I booked that job. And that was so fun. So that was fun. for movie? That was for That Thing You Do. Oh, That Thing You Do. Yes. yes. And that's when I got my SAG card. Were you playing a... I was playing one were of the Chantrelines. Back? Oh, what did this? Yeah, yes. Chantrelines. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were on our bus. So the, the Wonders, which the movie was about, right. they were on our tour okay. in the movie. So the movie was about them, but they were excited to be on the tour with the Chantrelines. The chantreline. Yes. Yeah. So not not too shabby for your first movie. No, that was great. It was great. Was it fun to do? It was. Work uh, on? Yeah. yeah. It was incredible to do. It was. He called me Kendra the whole time. He called me every <laughs> form of my name. Right. And I didn't oh, mind like, at all. I was like, Tom. it was such a great experience, and it was good also because I was with, I was with Julie Harkness and Darlene Dillinger, and I almost haven't seen them since then, but now I see them on social media, which is really cool. Right. And it was just great. To be with those girls, we shot for about six weeks, maybe. Oh, yeah. So it was a good long time for us to hang out in the trailer and us to be excited. And, you know, it was great. So now you're a professional. You've got your SAG card. card. You're singing. You've got my equity card. So, yes. Yeah. So what what comes next? Are you thinking like... This oh, is, um, hey, I'm I in thought here. with the SAG card comes success. Yeah, like, I'm that getting was ready it. to kill it. Yes. And I proceeded to get my ass handed to me by Hollywood. <laughs> the hard thing was like getting close to things and screen testing for things. Yes. Because that is you make your deal if you don't know you you make you sign a contract. It's like, oh, for me, it was like at the time. 30,000 an episode. So you're going to make $30,000 per episode and we're going to guarantee you eight episodes. Right. And you sign on the dotted line and then you audition at, you know, at this point you've been seen by producers and now you're being seen by network. So the hard thing is, is I'm up in there spending money Oh yeah. in so my like, mind. I'm about, to, I'm about to put this down payment on this house. <laughs> exactly. Right. And I'm like, so yes, yes I'm, I'll take that BMW. I'm on, Red, yes, please. but I just don't want to pause so I can get this check first, right. you know? So that is what was just the harshest part of Hollywood yeah. for me was getting close and not getting it. 
getting, you know, having good auditions and not booking it was fine, but getting into a situation where there's more people in the room, there's more people that you recognize from television in the room, there's now the head of a network in a room, yeah. and your agents are like, this is really important. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Right. And yeah. you also it's know... It's torture. What you do is going back to your agency, so if you, if you completely crash and burn... They're not only going to just let you crash and burn, they're going to go, you know, Kenna really is not, you know, really handling her craft or, you know, people will turn around and as if it's not bad enough to not get it and not have your dreams come true. But also I was with, I was in the room with some really great actresses and yeah. I was still at a place where like the experience and the, the cool part of being in this room, I mean, not that that Jennifer Holiday and I are not interchangeable. Like, yeah. it's not like, I don't know whether I'm going to cast Kenna or Jennifer Holiday. <laughs> right. We right. are not, we don't, we don't sound alike, look alike, vibe alike, anything alike. Yeah. So for me and her to both be auditioning for the same role, that for me was a big deal that I was in the room with Tony Award winning Jennifer Holiday, whose albums I'm listening to. Right. Yes. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So you're auditioning, you're out, you're, you're out there grinding. When is the next thing that, when, when do you get the next big, yeah. when, when's the next a, job? Right. Well, is there a transition? The yeah. transition would be like acting me to... being broke ass broke. Like, yeah. so living, like <laughs> uh, living, uh, like doing Tommy. Yes. And sucking all my money away and moving oh, out good. to LA. Yes. Well, basically I just lived off you know you can just live off of it and right because you don't really go anywhere so home. you just watch that number go down and be like <laughs> right. i want a job and i'm going to psychics going what's the problem yeah. you know what i mean and they're like your love life i don't want to talk about yeah. my love life you're going to be very successful and i'm like what does that mean you're going to make a lot of money i'm like more money than i've made in the past money or like just along those lines money like you know i mean yeah, i give just me some clarity uh, yeah i just was I was like, why am I not booking? And that is what happens to actors when they get here to L.A. Oh, yeah. Wow. And you start stressing about whether your agent's going to drop you and everything is so serious. And you're talking about acting all the time. Yeah, because you might have actors from your whatever town. The and you've been same working, old conversation and yeah. going to class and you know, learning that you can cry on cue. And Are you doing all of that? Too? All of those things class I'm doing. And, okay. But I'm, you know, I'm also, I'm auditioning for commercials, which I just never really got any traction. Okay. I booked a few commercials and, and then as I got older, I became like a plus size model when I was like, once I hit a size 10, they were like, okay, you're a plus size model. All right. So are you auditioning for, do you have a voiceover agent? Are you doing all I that stuff? I don't have a voiceover agent okay. yet. Okay. And then um, I basically, I was doing a workshop for Princess and the Black Eyed Pea and Lilius White was playing the queen and we were singing at the piano and I, for no reason, I'm like tears running down my face because <laughs> I'm dramatic. And she goes, baby doll what's going on what's going on right now and i'm like i'm sorry lilius <laughs> i was like i just i don't know what i'm doing here i'm not working and and i'm like and i just i'm up here singing my throat out and we're both making like five dollars because it's a workshop right. you know and she goes and she held my hands and i know that lilius does not remember this 
And she held my hands and she goes, what I want you to do, baby, is I want you to go to the beach tomorrow. And I want you to go to the beach early in the morning when nobody's there. And I want you to just give it up to the mother. And that's what she said. And the next day I got up at the crack when like the sun was just rising and I drove down to the beach and I yelled at the ocean and I cried and I sang and I like sat down and I just kind of thought and I just went through some stuff. I just kind of like got rid of some baggage, I guess. I felt like I just let go of a, of some loads that I just had on my shoulder. And like four days after that, my agent called me and was like, you booked rent. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. And I booked rent. So it's the, the first national tour of it. National tour of rent. Yes. And you play. Joanne Jefferson. Joanne. Wow, I like mm-hmm. That was at the Amundsen. At the Amundsen. This was like the first. Oh. Yeah, it was the second tour actually and um Wilson Cruz and I were in it together you know he was definitely a baby like he was right out of my so-called life right and uh, me and Wilson Cruz fell in love with each other and to this day we love each other you know what I mean like one of my oldest and dearest friends and um Neil Patrick Harris was also in that company Mo was in that company. That's right. Mo played my part, my business partner. We're Mo. talking about Monique. Monique, Daniels. yes, um, she was in that company with me and friends for life. Children were born. Yeah, yes. People for, got so married. How, how long was the? That was that contract. That contract was a year. Um, after. So that's a long time. It was a long time, and that's it was one of those things where does it ever? Because you're doing what? Eight shows a week? Are you doing eight shows a week? Sharon Brown was singing Seasons of Love. Yes, we were doing eight shows a week. Eight shows a week. Yeah, but I had like a, my voice was like made of steel at the time. I was not. But does it ever feel like, I mean, because it's so, you're doing the same thing. Not even count, there's also rehearsals before you get to the point where you're doing the show. Right. Does it ever, does it always feel like it's a new thing or does it get to the point where you're just like, okay, I'm going to the grocery list while I'm on stage. Right. I mean, is it? You do have those like? moments, but in Rent, the subject matter was so serious and so real. Like people are crying because they lost their sons and daughters. Like you right. felt the responsibility right. of Rent. You know, we were just past the part where people were having funerals every week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. New York City was like, I mean, I was in Tommy at the time when a lot of that was happening and AIDS was just destroying. It was just destroying the musical theater community. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I remember, you know, us being in a room and somebody saying, how is whoever Jason right and and then them going oh I'm so sorry I don't you didn't know we lost him I mean it was just like people would be breaking down you would think just out of nowhere but you know that was a real thing if you're not watching pose then you need to get with it (laughs) I don't know what you're doing with your life if you're not watching pose right now but that was a real time and that was what why rent was born Jonathan's friend came to him at 24 and said they told me to get my affairs in order and Jonathan was like I'm not having it and went with his friend to the meetings to the you know friends in need friends indeed for all of the the 
the help groups, you know, where people could talk it out. And, and that's where Rent was born. And Jonathan died not even seeing opening night. So, so Ugh. when you got, when you got the, the Larson's coming to your shows yeah. and you have Jonathan's siblings and, you know, people who want to connect with Jonathan because they're having a hard time right. and they miss him and they come to that theater, you don't feel okay phoning that in. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. When Stevie Wonder comes and comes backstage and just walks on stage and is like, five hundred twenty-five and you're like, uh, What are we doing? We're God. singing along is what we're doing. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? Yes. Right. And major. Yeah. So it was like I didn't like signing autographs after the show. I was notorious for slipping out, for just dipping, you know? Was that an expectation like that was part of it? It wasn't an expectation, but people would feel so connected to you and wanted to just, yeah, yeah. you know, right. that I would miss my whole lunch. I couldn't eat lunch, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So I know it doesn't seem like a big deal, but I, I had to re, uh, you know, I had to re-evaluate yeah. that, yeah. yes, because, you know, people were telling me stories of loss oh, and it was wow. a big deal. And they, they really, I couldn't just leave somebody's mama exactly because she wanted to tell me that I blessed her today because it made her have really positive memories of her child, Ooh. you know? Yeah. It's a lot. Mm. It's like, yeah. I just went through two hours of that on stage. Yeah. And then, know? so, and here I am. I mean, it was, I remember this one day Wilson was like, Wilson was angel and had died. Right. Yeah. And I was in my acting moments because I'm about to walk on stage and we're basically at Angel's funeral. And I was like in my zone and Wilson comes up and he goes, we're all going out to eat. No, I love it. <laughs> he goes, and he goes, we're all going to TGI Fridays. And I go, nope, you're dead right now. Right. <laughs> Don't talk to me and about mozzarella like, sticks. Oh my God. Oh, I'm so sorry. And I go, but, but disappear, Wilson. I can't talk to you right now. <laughs> so, I'm acting. You know, I'm talking about artichoke right dip. It's like, you're dead. It's yeah. not real. And he was like, oh, my God. And it was just so funny. And he was so, and of course, you know, Wilson is so, so sensitive. He's yeah, all, I would never want to interfere with your press. I go, shut up. Are we going to TGI Fridays? Yeah. Like, are we going to do this or not? You know, but, <laughs> my God. you know, just and not right now. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you're not here. You just ascended. If you, if you're in the same play that I'm in, you just don gone to heaven. So, you know, so it was just moments like that. So rent was a life changer for me forever and ever. All of it. Yeah. Yeah. All did of it. Did you continue doing musical theater after that? When did it switch from going on tour with these really big bands? Because you sung with right. a lot Are we of doing people. this? Are we doing this? What had happened was I left rent on the road and... Michael calls me to come out and do Rent on Broadway. Oh, wow. And so I did Broadway. Oh. And so, ta-da, I've made it, right? It. Yay! <laughs> no more unemployment for me. Yes. yes. It was a long, winding exactly. road, but you made, <laughs> made it to Broadway. I did. By way I of cruise did. ship. Exactly. California. <laughs> Hook or crook. Yes, I made right. it. Right. right. All the way to the West Coast. Exactly. Right. Here so, I am. Yeah, so I, awesome. I did Broadway, and um, what was great about them on Broadway I mean, because, you know, same producers that I had when I was on tour is 
they knew I was from LA and at that time Michael decided like I was his favorite Joanne or one of two favorite Joannes so what started happening was I would get my fill of like masturbators on the train or whatever because I attract nonsense in New York City <laughs> and same girl same you know what I mean I would I was always a Californian in New York, so right. I would always be like, the homeless person is gonna fuck with you. You know, can I? So, <laughs> so she was, looks sunshiny. Exactly. I, yeah. I, I remember going to the post office and the lady was like, you are not from here. Oh, no. And I was like, ooh, it's like that. Like I would forget to put my armor on. Right. My New York armor. Yes, it's a whole different flavor. Yeah. So, um, so I used to get full of the city and yeah, say yeah. okay time 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 out i gotta go so they would give me contracts that would be like four months five months they would ask me how much do you think you can do and i nobody does that i was just about to say that that's, does yeah, not happen awesome you don't get to awesome dictate and, and i would say i could do rare. five months and then at four months they would be like so how you doing like, do we need wow. to have auditions for your role? Yeah. And I'd be like, no, you know what? Can I do another three? You know what I mean? Because uh, I want to buy a house or, you know, yes. we're, we're saving up for X, Y, Z. So I could, they just allowed me oh, this. lovely. It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. And I, I, you know, I was there when the towers fell. I was there when the blackout happened. Like, I was in New York for some pretty big moments. Yeah. And I always knew I could go home to rent no matter what I was doing like I was in between contracts and in 2001 I was auditioning for Aida staying at my friend's house in Harlem and that's when the towers fell and I got stuck in in New York and they that was on a Tuesday and rent did a show on Wednesday and I went down and there was about 20 people in the audience maybe wow. and yeah people were afraid people didn't want to leave you know, their apartments and, you know, um, Giuliani was like, don't go out, you know what I mean? And, but the train was still running and I went down and I just felt at home there. I yeah. just sat at the soundboard and I just watched them tell the story to these 20 people who like maybe really needed to hear that. And I wonder where those people are and what is their story about being in New York that day, you know, and going to see rent that night on the 12th right. of September. Yeah. They're like, wow. we you have know what tickets. I mean? Yeah. So, you know, that was my kind of home away from home. And I have a whole New York community of friends that are still there. And um, I see them whenever I'm there. And it's like old times. Did anyone from the L.A. production go to that Broadway besides you? Well, no. The, what It ended up being a big family of like rotating doors yeah. kind of um not everybody in a tour went to broadway but there was quite a few of us i'm i i think i'm pretty sure that um wilson did end up um in rent on broadway but i don't know if we were together i feel like we might have crossed okay. like i was coming in or he was leaving or vice versa but you know I did it with Wilson Heredia, also, who got his Tony for that role. and um, For Angel? Yeah. Yeah. I met Frenchie. Frenchie oh, yeah. Davis came in. and Who did Frenchie play? Friend. She did voice, uh, Seasons of Love. Okay. She was a, yeah, she was the Seasons of Love soloist. So when you're there, so you're doing this big show. 
Right. And are you still thinking at that time, like, this is it from I'm going to stay. Musical theater is where I'm right, yes. going to continue. Yes. I okay. was really good at that. Right. I was really good at that. And, um, and, but I didn't want to live, live in New York. I just couldn't commit to living yeah. in New York City. And that's where, that's where it is. Yeah. And so, you know, I kept auditioning for things and I ended up, you know, in between, I did a show in Vegas I did Lion King here in L.A. at the Pantages. Yeah, Mo did Nala in that yes. one, and um, and I was really glad to get that show. I was a swing in that show. That was okay. a first for me. Right. I and so swing is you're doing a little bit of you just whatever they need. What is yes? Swing, swing is you learn everybody. Right. Yep. Um, uh, you learn everybody and. When you learn, you learn everybody's track. It's hard. Yeah. I don't know why people think swing is like an easy thing, or that the swing is like the person who couldn't really get the role. It's a person who needs to be organized, yeah. <laughs> and it's a person who needs to be able to sing and dance and do all the things. Because you'll have to fill in for you, somebody yes, that is not exactly doing the role. Right. And with Lion King, at the time, there were a lot of injuries. Because, yeah, Mo got injured on that show. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's, yeah, it's, it's a tricky show, and so I might start out as one role, and they might be announcing over the PA while songs are going on. Kenna, we need you in a hyena right now. You know what I mean? So I would be. Oh my goodness. Yeah, in the middle of the show, right? Yeah, because people would be dropping. People would go out and do something. And be like, circle of life. Boom. <laughs> right. I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. It was like popcorn. Like, <laughs> oh you know what I mean? It was yeah. like, because sometimes that opening number was just enough to break your back. Ooh. You know, just wow. enough. Like that that elephant is beautiful. But oh, it was, beautiful. It was hard on show? people Louis? sometimes. Did you guys see it? Yeah, be- great Yeah, show. like you needed to be very strong in that show. And I feel like some of the things that would happen with singers is that we didn't prepare our bodies necessarily for the physical part right. because it was not a joke in Lion King. The physical part of doing Lion King was different than any other show. Well, that's so, what's so interesting is because singing it was singer, one thing. Yeah, you get cast as a singer and then you have and to you do vocalize. all this physical stuff yeah, but you focus in a costume. On, yeah, you don't focus on it necessarily. Like it took for somebody to point out, guys, this is what's happening with your body. Yeah. You know, and you're, I'm focused on, but I got to sing this Congolese and the Swahili right up now. Right. You know, right. <laughs> I got to get these. Yeah. I got to yes. get all them clicks and try to sound legitimate, <laughs> you know? And so, you know, I was, I, I, I didn't book that. I kept going to the auditions and Mark from Bender was always like, can I, and I was like, this is what the is the thing? Yeah. Yeah. And basically I wasn't, I didn't fit any of the roles. I didn't fit a Rafiki. I didn't fit Nala. And I, and that was basically it. I didn't fit any of their principal female roles. And he was hung up on that. So finally, in an audition, I was like, can I be a blade of grass? Is there anything in this whole black ass show that I can do? I just live down the street. This is crazy. You know what I mean? I was like, I can't get up in the Lion King. 
jeez, what do I have to do? I'm like, I'm black. I sing. What? Yes. I just like, I can hold a pose. I can be a flower. Right. I mean, I can do these things. I do a really good sunflower. I mean, you you know, everybody at the table started laughing and I was like, but honestly, guys, I'm not hung. I live down this street. You know what I mean? And he was like, okay, can I? Okay. Like he heard me that time. Yeah. Because I mean, uh, that does happen with a lot of performers. Like once you start doing principal roles, people feel like that's all you're going to do. Right. Yeah. I just yeah. wasn't in that space. Right. I was like, if I really was committed to a Broadway life, I would be, I would be hoofing it in New York City trying right. to get those principal roles. Right. That's where I would have been. You right. Know? But um, so I did that. Um, I did Caroline or Change. Oh yeah. Hallelujah. Penny's done that. Yes. That was one of my favorite shows ever being in the radio. That was incredible. Yes. Awesome experience doing that. And so, you know, those things weren't intermittent. So then how do you get into this whole other world? Well, the, because the in-betweens, my friend Nita Whitaker, I don't know if anybody knows Nita. Um, she um, was singing a lot of background vocals with David Foster. Okay. And Nita is like is the first black Miss Louisiana. She's a one Star Search undefeated when Star Search was happening, when Star Search was really about it. I remember watching Nita on our TV kitchen on our TV in the kitchen and watching her win every week. And we are wow. good friends now and I love her so much. But um she decided she didn't want to be seen as a background singer so much with David. She was doing all of the demos for Whitney. She was doing demos for Celine and, and she felt like she really wanted him to see her. Yeah. You know, not as his demo singer. And so she decided to, t- to remove herself for a while from his gigs. And because we have a similar tone, she called me and I started singing background vocals for David Foster. So just in case you don't know who David Foster is, he's um, a huge producer. He's about 15 Grammys, maybe 16 now. Mm -hmm. Um, He produced the entire Bodyguard album, Aretha, Whitney, Barbara, Celine, like everybody. All the divas. Yes, all the divas, you know, personal relationships with everybody, Quincy, all these people. So So you're singing with David Foster's Elite, it's called Elite Orchestra? No. Oh, is that what we're calling it? That was on. I said it was elite. Yes, it is elite. It is elite. It's like made up of a bunch of recording beasts in the business like Nathan East and Greg Gaines and John Robinson, who did the drums for Off the Wall. He's like Quincy calls JR. Stevie calls Gaines, Clapton, Lionel Richie. Natalie Cole, everybody calls Nate. So it's a stage where you're you're on the stage with these guys and you're having lunch with them and hanging out with them and flying all over with them. And Natalie Cole walks on a stage and is like, Nate, you know what I mean? Like the artists are excited to see these guys. They're like, hey, David, so good to see you. And then it's just a love fest, you know. Greg was Stevie Wonder's MD for many years, Michael's MD for many years. So, you know, he knows everybody. He everybody's like a genius in this band. And um that's where I ended up singing background vocals and that was like the start of me learning what that was because that is not something that all singers can do. 
No, and I think that's a misconception with a lot of people who yes. might think like, oh, well, you're a background singer because maybe you're not good enough to sing. Listen, those right. are the singers that be singing. Right, right, exactly. right. Singing. So yes, and it's, knowing when to shut up, though. You right. know what I mean. Knowing when to sing because yes, and all that all that singing can lose you your job sometimes. Okay. And Nikki, you know, we were talking to Nikki Harris about this too, who was like, you know, sometimes it's oohs and ahs, and sometimes right. it's like a whole. So knowing that too, how like for to yes, yeah, she gets yeah, whole solos that and, right. If it's just an ooh and a ah, how to make it what it needs to be right. So it's it, so when you were talking about, you know, not reading music at first right all background singers don't necessarily come from a singing background musical theory and all of that right right so right what is the expectation when you come into a session or you're going to sing background is it different or does or you know are some artists like okay e flat right. like are you right. expected to know sometimes um i don't i don't get a lot of sessions where they'll put the ink in front of you yeah. and say go right I got called for a chili pepper audition, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Right. I go in and there are music stands and there's music (laughs) and I am terrified. (laughs) The beauty of the situation is that I can pull my piano app up on my phone and be like, bang, gung, 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 because I can at least now just because of exposure to pieces of music from high school. I started learning what is this note? What is my highest note? Okay. That looks like that on the page. So I know things. I know just enough to make it a little bit problematic, but um, I can use a chart and navigate it. And who now. are you working with? You're working with a musical director. Right. At this, like at the sessions, you're doing the producers in the room. Okay. And, you know, the goo, the, it was not Goo Dolls. It was the Chili Peppers. You know, there might be one or two members of the band there, but basically they've laid down all their parts and this is his vision or, and he had it arranged musically on piano. So there was like two sopranos, two second sopranos, two altos, two second altos. Like it was wow. a really large section. Yeah. And I knew these people and I all know, I knew them all to be readers. And so I was just... I was terrified. I got through it, but I was like, Danger Mouse was producing, and wow. I'm all, excuse me, Mr. Mouse. I <laughs> missed Mr. it. Mr. Mouse. I did it. I was like, I did it. That was me. You know what I mean? And I'm like, usually I don't volunteer when I make mistakes because right. I'm like, if they listen back and they're like, yes, I'm like, you like it? I love it. Moving on. Yes. You know? Yes. Right. But, um, that that happens every once in a while but since i'm not really in that circle of session singers that sing for movies and you know when that's where you're when really batman get is getting in the, the car and taking and off like and they're that. like ah right. you know what i mean right those singers are they are in a circuit and they all know each other and they they can read everything right off the page i mean Ooh, wow. with that session they didn't even give us a starting pitch like this is what it's they be. said yeah, like, are you, you ready Everybody said yes, and I was like, you know, in the corner, 
you know, trying to make sure I at least knew my starting pitch. And that's Lord, the, the irony that it's the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes. Not taking away that they're knew? not musicians, but you're thinking like these are the yes, LA, because, like rock, you know, oh, kind girl. of raw and dirty. And they're like, no, you go, we have music to read. Girl, this, is for, have, this is a formal thing. Yeah. Five, six, seven, eight. Right. I've been to so like, sessions oh, where they're like. I thought this was rock and roll. Okay, okay, yeah. Right, exactly. I right. thought we were doing rock and roll sessions yeah. where they're like, can you just wail something here? Yeah. And you're like, yeah. You know yes. what I mean? Right. And they're like, oh my God, that's great. You know, let's keep why? it. Yeah, I did some stuff for Nickelback and they were like, Nickelback just loved everything. But that's also when you get into that stereotype where they're like, we should just get some black girls to come in here, right. do this part. You know, well, and it's God. like, well, that's, we're not all interchangeable. Right. A, yes. You know, but, but that's what's interesting about the music industry, which is so segregated. Um, as far as music goes. Yeah. So, you know, this is what black music is, or this is what rock music is. And yet, like, the whole disco sucks thing. Right. Yeah. In the 70s, which was really like this, you know. That this, was racial this, for me. Oh, 100%. So, so racial for me. Yeah. It was completely racist. You have this rock, this white, spearheaded by this white uh, rock DJ, mm-hmm. to the point where you had all these people coming out burning and burning the and, records. Yeah. Yeah. But the irony is that on those records, Rolling Stone, you know, these are all black folks right singing these backgrounds mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yes i mean sweet home alabama you know those were all sisters back there yeah so you know it being in sing being i don't know the industry but singing background specifically yeah is it's it's so interesting it's like you feel like such a veteran sometimes because you know, when I'm working with this band, this band, I told my boss how much I appreciated. Like when we're done, he's like, thank you. He looks in your eyes and says thank you from his heart. Are we talking about Vintage Trouble? We're talking about um, Ghost, Ghost Town. Oh, Ghost Town. Because, because he really appreciates what we do and what we bring to the stage, that we bring an energy that wasn't there before. Yeah. You know, and that we're, you know, we've decided we're just going to be cheerleaders for this band and, you know, and we get to sing, you know, and it's all a big musical party, but it's not easy for everyone. So it's just something that he recognizes that there is a lot of value in what we do. Yes. And us being there elevates the whole situation. And so I've worked with a lot of artists, like artists that didn't speak, artists that didn't say hello, but you're singing background for them. Wow. You know, I've been left at airports with other singers because they were like, I thought you had the singers. Oh God, they're still at the airport. You know what I mean? Like just people that don't really connect with it because you are a background singer, which I call support vocalist. Thank you. But, um, you know, it's like Shaka saying to Luther, you better get up here on this mic. You know what I mean? You know, uh, and Luther saying to Lisa Fisher, girl, please. You know what I mean? Like people to say there is serious golden things happening back oh, here. Right. Like you, Absolutely. You can't just be a background singer out of nowhere. Right. So that's and the really diffe- be good at your job. So that's the difference between vocal assisting back right. there back mm-hmm. then and now. Yeah, because you're with vintage tr- you're tra- right. you're traveling with vintage trouble now. Right, right. And ghost hounds. So right. th- you definitely see a difference in just 
respect, right? Yes, for sure. I mean, you know, I was on tour with John Mayer. And that was a big thing because he also decided to say a bunch of stuff uh-huh. <laughs> right at that moment when I was spending money I didn't have. And I was so excited to be going on tour with him. Yeah. And then he made his comment about black women oh, and yeah. he made, and it all came out. Like I was, I was there for about three weeks and that playboy article came out. Right. And John was a very generous boss. You know, he took us out a lot. We flew private every now and then. I was always in amazing hotels and I was always on a in a first class reclining lay down sleep sleeper plane seat, you know. Mm. It was it was lovely and you know, he he appreciated us but we didn't get a lot of a shot to really put our um, to contribute to yes. what he was doing because I feel like he wasn't quite sure at the time about having two female vocals. Huh. I got the feeling he didn't want it to sound too bright. So we were singing in the basement to just kind of add and support, but he didn't want anything too girly sounding. Right. You know? And so, you know, after that, we replaced horns. We were replaced with horns after that ah, that particular wow. tour. Right. Yeah. I mean, he. I felt like, I feel like he felt awful about things that he had said. Yeah. And it was a a huge backlash. Oh yeah. Was happening while we had a show to do. Like when it came out, and other artists were making comments, and he was he was upset and broken. And, you know, like he, Jay-Z wasn't ready to take his call. You know, Alicia was not ready to take his call. Like <laughs> right. he was in a really sad space. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And, you know, my dad was like, so you're coming home, <laughs> you know? And I was like, I'm not coming home. Yeah, your dad is like, listen, I was down with Petey Green. Right. This My dad was Mayer. like, you'll be coming home. And I was shit. like, I'll be paying this mortgage as well. <laughs> oh, and I was mad because I was like, you know, I was minding my business, doing my job well, showing up. And then you said something in an interview in October and it's February. And now I got to quit my job. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, w I felt annoyed. I was annoyed that he would allow a reporter to take him down a road that would lead him to say some of those awful things that he said. Yeah. And, you know, he owned that. But he felt very separate from it because of the time, October to February. Right. Um, and he was, you know, he said, I would never say those things right now. Like, it's just, I can't, I'm sorry I said it. I can't believe I said it. And, you know, I believed him and I was sitting there looking at him and I believe that he was sincere. I believed he learned a, a huge lesson. He, he had a whole black band at the time. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't just me he had to look at. He had to go on stage and deal with Steve Jordan you know what I mean? Yep. David Ryan Harris, like all of, we were all there and he looked like a shell of a human being for quite a while after that, because I feel like he just couldn't get over, oh, over no, it was a huge thing, the guilt of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And my dad came to a show and 
sequester John in a corner. <laughs> and I look over and John's crying and my dad's holding his hands. And I'm like, it needed to happen. You know <laughs> yes. what I mean? He needed to hear from an old black dude. That's right. About the things that he said. Yeah. You know, my dad read the article. So, and you know, I love John for standing there and listening to my father and respecting my dad and you know he, yeah your dad's not playing he no, already he had blacklisted yeah. don Cheadle. yes so exactly john mayor you so you know so john mayor, <laughs> yeah hello. you about so, to get you know so i mean i learned a lot from from that experience and well that's the thing you're in such as a background as a supporting vocalist yes you guys are in such a rarefied position where you are like you're a participant and an observer right so you really get to move in and out of these worlds you're in these worlds you're right. not really of these worlds necessarily mm -hmm. so the thing with John Mayer I mean are you, you're seeing how their work ethic you're seeing how they interact with their fans right, you're right. seeing as you said some people that don't say hello some people who really value right, what you're right. doing some mm -hmm. people who are into having you contribute in right, into collaboration right. some people who are like just do your thing right so who were some of the other like what were some of the other experiences that really stood out to you positive or negative like right. that you don't have to say names of course right, right. respect the NDA right, right. exactly <laughs> I hear you yes I mean and you know I'm sure I signed one for John but I honestly don't don't have any bad things to say about him as a person yes you know what I mean and like, all that stuff was I, I mean that I was really out. had a great time on tour with him it was a really awesome time um I was there uh because my friend got breast cancer and Another reason why I did stay was because John paid for her surgery. Wow. Like Julie had a lot. And so was she on tour? She was on tour with you guys. She was on tour. And then she was like, do you see They feel this? You oh. know what I mean? And I was like, you're going to the doctor tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she was like, but we got gigs. You know what I mean? And Julie was like she was really serious about her gigging yeah and she had been with a lot of people and that was her career and it really defined her and when she had to tell our MD that she found a lump everything went into high gear he called the management John's management called her and said you're going to go to Pink Lotus that is Dr. Funk. She did Melissa Etheridge's surgery and Sheryl Crow's surgery. She's um, in Beverly Hills. Dr. Funk is the best. And, you know, I was with Julie when she was in that woman's office and had to get her biopsy and took a look at it and said, you know, I just want to tell you that I've never seen anything like this that is benign, you know. And it was me and Nita and... And it was her circle of friends. Yeah. A circle of friends were in there with her. And John Mayer paid her like she was with us the whole time. She got a check when I got a check. You know what I mean? When she had surgery, he paid for that. He took care of her. And nobody knows that. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. now you do. But that is another reason why I felt like I, I can't. I cannot just walk away from this, you yeah. know, because he's taking care of my friend and, you know, 
I just really appreciated him for that because she, I don't know what would have happened if she didn't have him. And, you know, we did lose her, but it gave her so much peace to have, to not have the pressure of the finances and no health insurance and all the things that also come with doing this. Right. You know what I mean? So it may look glamorous and all that, but at the end of the day, we have a lot to, to pay for that is not something that your office does, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah, so that's another reason why I, I'm just always indebted and feel like I can forgive him for his silly comments and his not liking black women and all that. He took care of my good friend, black woman when I needed him to. So there's that. Yes. Um, I mean, I haven't had a lot of bad experiences. Um, you know, working with David, we see people on one offs and so we don't work with them all the time, but we rehearse with them and we see them in, in that element and then they're gone. Yeah. And sometimes we see them again. So like sometimes, you know, Lionel Richie got used to us. John Mayer got used to it, which was why we ended up on tour with him. But, um, I do remember being on a plane on a, on somebody's jet and it was the most surreal moment. And I remember thinking, just pause right now, just pause and just shut up and look around, you know? And Natalie Cole was over the seat in front of me talking (laughs) to me. I'm in the chair and she's having a bit of an argument with Lionel Richie, who is right across me to the aisle right across me and David Foster is chiming in every once in a while he's like chewing on chips or or nuts or something you know what I mean everybody's just chilling on this G5 and we're talking about Amy Winehouse and Natalie was saying we should not reward her right now Hmm. she's gonna kill herself and Lionel was like but the award is for the music like, and she did that Back in Black album. You oh, know? you're talking about the Grammy that yes, year. It, okay. Yes. Right. And, and David was like, well, you know, that is like, it's not about how she's, that's her personal life. And she goes, but we all know what is happening. And we are just rewarding this bad behavior. And I said, but I think she's trying to stop. You know, I say, And Natalie goes, girl, you know, she knew. She knew firsthand. She goes, girl, I was in a burning building when she was in that fire in Las Vegas. And she said, I was looking at my mortality because I could not jump out that window. And I was under the coffee table with my kit. Cooking up her stuff, saying, Lord, if you just let me hit this one last time, I promise. (laughs) She's like, smoke is filling the room. Her bodyguard has stuffed wet towels under the door. They are the only people left on this floor. Everyone else has evacuated. It is filling with smoke. It is the end. But just one exactly. more hit. Yeah, I just got to hit this. Let this and burn so, up. And she fire? said, and what did I do after I got out of that building? I was like, whoo, 
back on the pipe or whatever yes. her thing was. Oh, man. She's like, I didn't stop. Yeah. So there really is no trying to stop. You either commit and, you, you know, you do what you got to do. And I don't know if that means treatment for everyone, but she said, you know, I, she's not going to stop unless she is stopped. Like, and I, and I guess for Natalie, from what I understand is, you know, it, it was her mom that had to step in and start taking things from yeah, her, like yeah. her child and yeah. stuff like that because she wasn't living right. Yep. But uh, at least according to her mama. So it took for, for people to sit her down and say, yo, it's too much, yeah. you know? And so I just, I just remember that being a really awesome moment in my life to just have these legends sharing their thoughts about Amy who I thought was brilliant you know what I mean and just being really candid right and you know David at that point was Whitney was alive still and and you know he didn't say her name but he was like you know it just takes everything from you and I know that it was hard for him because, you know, the the music that he liked to do with Whitney when she was kind of in the thick of her um, addiction, you know, it was really hard for her to sing. You know what I mean? It, it got to be hard, you know, and he he wanted to do what he wanted to do, I think. Yes. And he also just wanted that voice back. He just wanted that one, you know. So, you know, there were just times where. I, we would just get glimpses of very real moments, you know? Right. And I, I mean, and I try not to take that for granted. And I, you know, I try not to abuse that or, you know, run around talking about it. But I feel like these are okay to talk about. Yeah. You <laughs> have moments. had such an illustrious it's and far-ranging right. career. Right. I yeah. would have never been able to tell you that's what was going to happen. Right. You know what I mean? What do you say to, you know, a young Kenna? You know, like, what advice would you give the young Kenna that's listening right now? I mean, God, you've had all these experiences and experienced everything, you know, everything on the spectrum, right? For right. All, from musical theater mm -hmm. to, you know, on the road, and you've seen... Right. All the great stuff on the Jets and all the right. bad stuff, you know. Yes. What would you tell a young Kenna? I don't know what I would say because I felt like this path just kind of, it unfolded before me. Like, I don't feel like I made any of this really happen. There are certainly people that are better singers or better dancers or better actors or, or better everything, you know what I mean? And I'm... I'm just happy to be in my place with it all and that there are people that are willing to sign up for my talent that, you know, that people want to pay for my talent is awesome. I, I still don't quite know what next week is going to be looking like, you know what I mean? Like that's still scary. Um, I would say, you know, <laughs> I would say, you know, a lot of the women that I work with don't have children. Some people are married. Some have been been married. Some have been married and divorced or even widowed. Um, some have managed to have a family life. But I did find that having a family life and me doing all the 
all the extra things that I've been doing, doing all the things has kept me from actually settling down because I know for a fact that you can't get pregnant through the mail. So, you know, I, I was always running and really, and I didn't want to miss anything. You know what I mean? So it was just like, I would get a job and be like, you know, I'm going to plan I'm going to sit down and get pregnant this time. You know what I mean? And then something else would happen. And then I would get really aware, like, guess what? This window is not going to be open forever. And, and then, you know, I got into this place where like, well, I want to have the Chablis if I want to have the Chablis. (laughs) And, and so I don't want to go home until two o'clock in the morning. And that's what I want to do. Yes. So, I mean, you know, I, at some point I made a decision that like, I guess that wasn't a priority. Yeah. And, I'm, and it still remains to be seen of like whether I look back and go, what a mistake. But um, I have worked with and do work with many sisters that are beyond me and have had their own careers that are, you know, crazy as well and fantastic. And they are living amazing, fulfilled lives and they don't have a family. And you know, so I know it's possible to still be happy and do that, you know? So that is one thing that I feel like it would have been cool for somebody to say that. So that's just one thing for you to know, little Kenna, you know, that it might not look what you think it's going to look like. You might not have that, that picket fence and that whole thing, you know? Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it's a, a life that is not well lived. I mean, I am living. (laughs) You said that you don't know what's probably going to happen next week, but you actually do. What are you doing next week? Okay. I do know what I'm doing next week. That (laughs) would not be a complete truth. I am going to be with the ghost towns in Austin, in Austin, Texas. How long will you be uh, traveling in with them? I will be with them for three nights. Um, three nights in different uh, venues and then I'm going to come back home and I'm going to unpack and repack and then I'm going to go out with Vintage Trouble and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to clean my house. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to clean my house (laughs) and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to hope that things come along you know I did some vocal contracting last year that was awesome I've done some voiceovers this year that have been thrilling and that is my that is my shit oh yeah because you're like you could just stay voice over in your your house house. Yes. yes and be funny and have fun and play that is the best yeah that is my favorite so voiceover I love and I would love to be doing more of that, but I'm always, I'm just excited to have one of these microphones in my face and yeah. me just being able to use my gift and make people happy, you know, and, and just paint on the canvas of whatever is in front of me. I don't mind. I've never been a songwriter right. and that's been okay with me. Hmm. When I met Julie, she was the same way. She was like, I like singing other people's music. Is there something wrong with that? And I was like, I don't think so. I think it's okay yeah. to not have that burning thing. If you have it, I think you better do it, you know? Right. But I've never woken up and thought, dang, why didn't I write? I mean, you can write a song at any point. 
Right. You know what I mean? You don't have to be set up to do it. And it's just like, I prefer to listen to what you wrote and be like, and then you can go, na-na-na, you know? Yep. And just throw something on there. Bring your own flavor. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. Be a part of it. Well, thank you so much, Kenna. One, for letting us into your beautiful home. And two, for sharing <laughs> this wonderful journey. Because I feel it's been an amazing journey. It like I feel like cool. I've been on this epic <laughs> adventure yes. tonight with all of your just various outlets for your right. talent, right? Right. There's no rules. Yeah. There's no rules, really. Yeah. I mean, whose career looks like this? I mean, you know, I feel like you can make it up as you go along. Yeah. As, well, that's the thing. Yeah. With being open, right? Yes. Right. Yes. As, being as, open. As, as long as you suit up and show up, right? Right. Being open, being prepared, you know. Yeah. Knowing your you know, knowing your lane, know yes. thy lane. Yes. And sometimes you got to put your foot in the water because as you were talking about, there were those folks, you know, all the crews who were like, girl, yes. you're crazy out there. <laughs> right. And, yes. And I was like, I'm Don't out. Go out there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. out. Or yes. else, oh, I would have been still up yeah. in Disney World. Still up in, in there. In a rocking chair <laughs> talking about. We a dream girls, boy. I mean, yeah. Well, thank you again so much. We really do appreciate you coming yeah, on we the should podcast. Get and do this some more. Let's yeah. anytime. Yeah, I'd like to hear more you about what you guys are doing. That sugar-free wine, right? Yes. Sugar-free, sugar-free wine. wine. Yes. Okay, so Kenna, where can our listeners follow you? hear you all that good stuff your instagram twitter what is all right. that I'm, so what i don't do is sing a lot on <laughs> i don't sing a lot on social media I, I do a lot of live singing so i don't i feel like there might be some recordings out there somewhere yes but but Mostly. Y'all need to follow Kenna anyway on the social yes. media because she's a funny lady. She's a funny lady. <laughs> she's a funny lady. Yeah. I, yes, I yes. take funny pictures. You sometimes. do the yes. ca- the the captions. Yes. The okay, so stories. what's your Instagram? Yeah, Brickhouse. Brickhouse. <laughs> so that so that right there. Brickhouse. Because that's my theme song. That's my that's my girl get up. Brick. That's my you know that's my jam. So. Shake it down, yes, shake it down, yes, down, exactly. Y'all. That's my yes. internal. That's my theme song, so that I can get on with my life. And you know, every time I get an extra little curve somewhere, I'm like, "Your brick house. It doesn't matter. <laughs> that's right. It doesn't yes. matter because this is what brick houses look like. Hello. So that's MFN, right? Yes, yeah, so, exactly. So yeah. The, uh, at brick brick house yeah with why with oh no it's all messed up i forgot that right it's b r y c k h o u z e or you could just look me up at kenna ramsey i think yep yeah so i'm um, you know i'm with the social media but i'm not posting as much as i should you know according to my friends that are popping yes but the okay. posts are gems yes. the ones oh, that you yes. do i you try to not, only post you like what, Sade. You, know. you don't you don't make an album every year but when you do i'm kissing steven tyler it's classic. It's classic. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah i'm sitting on some uh you know steven wonders lap or something. yeah okay you guys so that was Thank Kenna you, guys. Ramsey, thank you again for talking to of us. Course, you can follow fun. her on her yes. Instagram yes. at Brick House. How's and the... it? Right, house. What is the urban spelling, y'all? Urban right, spelling. Right. You can also follow me and Kim's podcast at The Work Podcast on Instagram. And we work. thank you so much. W-O-R-K. 
Oh, there's no the. the it's just work, work podcast. It's just work podcast on Instagram. Work. That's it. There you go. All, All right. right. I'm Louis Extravaganza. And Kim Blackwell. And this is Work, work the Podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye, you guys. Bye. Bye, work. <laughs>